EMS1.com is the number one online resource for the EMS community and authoritative voice in pre-hospital care. Our members enjoy access to exclusive content from top EMS educators and physicians, award-winning e-newsletters, original video series, member-only product discounts, access to free continuing education courses, and much more. If you're an EMS and not a member of EMS1, join the community for free today. Just go to ems1.com backslash registration. That's ems1.com backslash registration to become a member. Well, here it is. It's time to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Sabalero, and we did a couple shows there for a while, and it's been a bit since we've been back behind the mic, and I can tell you that we missed it, but the person that's missed it more than me is my co-host, who loves to sit in the seat to my right, always to my right, our good friend Kelly Grayson, KG. Welcome back. It's good to be back, man. It's good to be back, uh, sitting here at, at your virtually at your right side. Well, I hear you yeah. in my right ear, so I think that that's what it is. So there, you, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's your that's your conscience whispering to you, Chris. Oh, is it's it really? Like, Treat Kelly better. He deserves your respect. He's your oh, superior. That's I don't your know about that. I think tons of respect, tons of respect. <laughs> but I think we're peers and we're equals. But uh, oh, okay, just All like right. in a relationship. So whatever get, man, you got to tell yourself. That's yeah. right. That's right. So you know, we did a couple shows from uh, Ohio, and we yeah. did, did three shows. We missed last week. I did have an abscess tooth. I woke up, and my mouth was the size of Texas, and uh, I had to go get that taken well, care of. And couldn't. Yeah. They so A's that end in Y. They call what? The, when your mouth is as big as Texas, those are days that end in Y. You don't have to have an abscess. To have ah, it. I see. Thank you. And we did miss your birthday too. So happy fiftieth birthday, my friend. Oh yeah, man. It's uh, the big five zero. Uh, you know they say uh, they say fifty is the new forty nine. So I, I I feel young still. That's good. I mean, it's good to know. And uh, but certainly welcome to the uh, big five zero. So over the past couple of weeks, have we missed anything? You know, usually we try to start the shows with what's going on in the life of Kelly, which is its own soap opera. And uh, we haven't had that opportunity really to catch up with you. What's going on with you and world famous Pitkin, Louisiana? Oh man, we're in the, we're entering into the heat of the fall conference season and, and, uh, got, got a bunch of them doing, you know, we, we, uh, recorded those shows at St. Elizabeth's and, uh, got back from St. Elizabeth's and, um, went on my annual shooting weekend and found a home for the puppy Oh, good for the puppy. Uh, and, and then immediately left my, my shooting weekend and went to, um, went to, uh, West Virginia back from those and, and going to be going again next week. Uh, so, uh, busy, busy, busy and sandwiched my birthday in between those. Just the uh, busiest man in EMS off on the EMS world tour every (laughs) week you are. Uh, alternate, uh, alternate title, 50 year old man still has to work like a dog. That's right. <laughs> Trying to make the ends meet. That's right. So, you I know, one of the, to relocate my ends. That's what I need to do. That's right. Put, well, put them at the end. That's what you need to do yeah. is put them at the end. So, <laughs> so last, uh, you know, Kelly, I think the show that we want to focus on today is since we've, uh, kind of been off and just this week, a new position paper came out. And it was a joint position paper on degree requirements for paramedics. And I just knew this would be something that we wanted to talk about. 
I think we stand on the side of saying that we do want to get paramedics to a different level of understanding and education. Mm-hmm. But this was a very, very, uh, you know, interesting paper that came out. It was done with the National Association of EMS Educators, the National EMS Management Association, the International Association of Flight and Critical Care Medics. And in the paper, it says that they believe that the time has come to put out a formal education process that brings the paramedic provider at least up to the associate's degree level. And I and I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the paper today, Kelly. I wanted to talk about our opinions about the paper and give it a little bit of the respect that it deserves. But So just before we start, Kelly, you read the paper. What did you think about it overall? Uh, I pretty much agree with it. Uh, I, I hold the same position. Um, this has been a, a pretty contentious topic of debate uh, uh, at the Grayson household at Medic Solutions. Uh, for the last few days, uh, debating this with Nancy because she's not a fan, um, and not for the reasons you might think. She just thinks that uh, um, how is uh, how is a degree going to make someone a better paramedic practitioner? And the fact is that we we can't sell EMS uh, right now uh, by by claiming that we actually make outcomes better. Uh, we can't prove the value of what we do at this point. Um, so how is adding a degree to what we do, um, going to, to be a better sell? Her, she's looking at it from a business standpoint. How do you sell, uh, EMS? And she says it's, you know, we're underselling EMS to the public in, in general, uh, as it stands. And, and then adding a, a degree requirement to it is, is only going to make it a tougher sell. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, and I think those we'll are going back and forth on that. Yeah. And I think those are things that we want to be able to bring up today as well. We want to mm-hmm. be able to take both sides on this and kind of, you know, give the, the pros and the cons and, you know, allow the listeners to kind of make up their own decisions. But, you know, so it's, it's, you know, a, a very, very quick read. It's about three pages. You know, it talks about the, you know, the position, it gives a little mm-hmm. bit of background on where EMS is, how EMS, you know, the education standards are presently. It gives the rationale, and why do we think that we need to be in this position of getting uh, a difference, uh, you know, getting an associate's degree? One of the things that I did find interesting, Kelly, even before we get into the discussion, is I didn't know that two states, Kansas and Oregon, require paramedics to possess associate's degrees in part with their state license. Yeah, I, I was unaware of Kansas. I, I had known for some time that, that Oregon. Uh, has a degree requirement statewide for paramedics, but I, I did not realize that Kansas requires uh, degrees of paramedics. So that was that was new information to me. But um, it's I find it kind of just uh, sad that more states don't. Uh, I think it should be uh, like I said. I'm a, I'm a fan of degree requirements. Uh, I think more states should adopt uh, adopt such a policy as Kansas and Oregon have. You know, so one of the things that'd be interesting, if you're in Kansas or Oregon and you're fans of the show and you've been through this process, we'd love to kind of hear from you just to kind of talk about your experience, what it's meant. I mean, oh, yeah. we're coming from the side of, you know, thinking about this in theory and you guys actually have implemented it. So let's go ahead and have a conversation and chat with those folks. But so, Kelly, just to kind of give a little overview for the listeners, you know, the rationale basically starts out by saying, you know, we do a lot of work and we have a lot of skill set and, you know, we're trained to conduct, you know, uh, you know, it says sophisticated assessments. We provide life-saving interventions, you know, and recent evidence indicates that a well-trained paramedic 
can make a difference in how we are delivering care. And it kind of goes on to say that and compares us to the nursing profession that says with a degree, and I don't know where we stand on this. I'd love to kind of debate this fact mm -hmm. with you. With a degree, it gives you the opportunity to deliver better health care. And uh, I don't really see that connection, but I'd be interested to know what you think and maybe kind of debate it a little bit. Uh, well, you're, you're not going to get it much of a debate for me because I don't think that's been established. Um, first of all, I think there's a dearth of, of research showing that what we do, period, in pre-hospital care improves outcomes. Uh, uh, that's not to say that such, uh, such evidence doesn't exist. Is we just don't know a whole lot of it. Um, and, and part of that is because we, we really suck at research. Uh, and they make that point in the paper is that, that uh, um, educational institutions and, and research, uh, research institutions uh, are heavily skewed toward degree programs and that sort of thing, and, and that uh, it's, it's logistically difficult for certificate uh, paramedic programs to, to engage uh, or to get the support, logistical support they need to do research. Um, so, so that's one benefit of, of degree programs and, the, and the, the infrastructure that is required to, to implement those programs is we get a little more logistical support and we, we get a chance to actually study our profession more. And I agree with that. But I, I'm not sure that we can equivocally say or unequivocally say that uh, a, a paramedic degree is going to result in better outcomes or even make you a more skilled practitioner. Um, uh, I don't agree with that statement, and they and they cite some some uh, uh, several citations uh, stating that that outcomes and mortality rates were improved with degreed uh, nursing programs. Um, but in those, I don't see any causality. That there is a link in one study uh, of better uh, overall health outcomes, I think, or better mortality rates uh, uh, linked to uh, degreed nursing care. Um, but it didn't establish any causality uh, right. that I'm aware of. So, yeah. you know, correlation doesn't equal causation. We've said that a million times. It's true. I don't know. What I think, personally, without getting more long-winded than I already have, Too is late. that a degree program a degree program will make you a more well-rounded uh, practitioner and, and a more discerning evaluator of new information. Right. But I don't know that it's actually going to make you hands on nuts and bolts, a better paramedic. I really don't think so. Yet. But if you just take what you just said and said, if mm -hmm. it gives you the opportunity to have better understanding, doesn't yeah. that, will that equate to giving better clinical care? I would think that it would have to. One of the things that it says in, I, in I, the I article, so too, but it's hard to quantify. I agree. One of the things that it says in the article that I agree with 100% is it's talking about, you know, the practice of paramedicine and over the years. And, you know, when I went to school in the, in the mid eighties, when you went to school, it's not the job that we're doing today. We, no. you know, EMS, it says, and I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase that EMS has become increasingly more complex and future paramedics are going to have a different skill. It says a high level of technical skill. Mm -hmm. But here's what it says that I think is very important as well. We need to master the written and oral communication skill. We have very, very poor written and oral skills. When we read, used to read some of these charts, and even in the electronic formats, uh, mm -hmm. there's problems with spelling. There's problems with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, putting sentence structure together. And I think that there is that communication issue. But it also goes on to say 
that the paramedics of the future are going to need to provide EMS team leadership. They're going to need to interact increasingly, you know, interact differently with, uh, you know, their uh, uh, healthcare peers as we start to think about mm -hmm. that community paramedicine. And really, this paper is kind of laying out the expectations for the years, you know, coming up 2025, I think is what's referenced mm -hmm. in this document. But from that standpoint, uh, I think we have a very, very poor educational process. We don't mm -hmm. teach, you know, the math skills we need. We don't, they don't teach the oral communication skills. They don't teach the written word. And I think that that is a weakness of some of our peers who are in practice today. Oh, I fully agree. And anyone who has done QI on PCRs uh, and, and read some of our colleagues' narratives uh, would, would agree with you. Uh, uh, Johnny can't read, and, and sometimes Johnny, can't, Johnny still has a paramedic patch. It's pretty bad. You know, uh, they make the point. I like that they make the point here that, that we're uh, the paramedic of the future, and heck, the paramedic of today has to interact with an increasingly complex interdisciplinary and interprofessional healthcare system with rapidly evolving technologies. And that's true in the age that we're in of, of integrated medicine. And, and we're trying to break down healthcare silos. Uh, what we do, we have to have a broader perspective on what we do beyond uh, the scene to the hospital. Uh, we need to, to have a, an appreciation for what goes on in the, the hours, days, and weeks after we drop off a patient and how we affect that care. Um, and, and, and preventative medicine and community paramedicine, the, the whole nine yards. Uh, we don't do a good job of that right now. Now, good EMS education programs, and I'm not limiting those to, to degree programs, good comprehensive paramedic education programs teach that. And, and to get to get a uh, to require an associate degree above and beyond those certificate programs that are already doing it well is not that great is not that great a hurdle. It, it's really not that much additional to ask if you if you have a sufficiently um, uh, deep paramedic program education program in the first place. Uh, if it is that big of a hurdle, you have to ask: Are the people that are graduating those programs um, actually competent? Yeah. You know, they're minimal, minimally competent, uh, according to the National Registry of Certification exam. The problem is, it, 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 if you're just still doing uh, the monkey see, monkey do paramedicine, um, you don't know what you don't know. But let me give you let me let me ask problem. let me ask your opinion about this, because as we talk about the process of getting an associate's degree, we know that these are going to be two year programs. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the process to get an associate's yep. degree. Instead of squeezing paramedicine into one year, into 10 months, if you're taking a two-year time frame and in the middle you're putting the core requisites, you're putting you know, electives, does it mm -hmm. make you a better paramedic because you're not having to cram 10 months of information into your brain, whereas you you're, you know, you, yeah, you know, so you're kind of pulling it out a little bit where you can spend more time, you know, after you've just went through cardiology, maybe your next classes are going to be some, uh, they're going to be some electives and does it give you the opportunity to absorb the information differently and be able to assimilate that differently? Yeah, I think it would, um, uh, provided that the, the stuff you sandwich in between, uh, you know, I think there needs to be a pretty robust clinical component as well. You've heard me say in this podcast in the past that I think experience is the most overrated 
uh, quality we can require. And I disagree with you. Oh, well, that's because you're wrong and I'm right. Um, but, uh, but the reason for that is, is all too many of us graduate from our educational programs with no perspective. We have no perspective. And the way you get perspective and, and develop some circumspection in, in how you apply the knowledge you have learned and the skills you have acquired is patient contacts in a structured environment where you can actually learn from those patient contacts. And that's the problem with, you know, us shifting the educational burden onto the agencies to, to do on-the-job training and to, and to season people up. Uh, once they hit the street is because there's very little uh, educational oversight uh, of those initial learning experiences when you're a rookie EMT or a rookie paramedic uh, to actually make sure that you're actually learning lessons from those calls. Yeah, but, of you lear- but you learn them yourself as well. But you no, learn them yourself yeah. as well. Come on. How much, how, how much experience did you pick up Kelly Grayson? By making mistakes on a patient assessment, by making mistakes on an intubation, by making mistakes on dealing with a trauma, by allowing your emotions to dictate your actions, you're going to tell me that that wasn't a valuable education for you. Uh, yes, I will tell. No, I'm not going to tell you it wasn't a valuable education for me. But but the difference was, is my instructors gave me the insight to know that uh, to to constantly reevaluate myself. Uh, and to have a, a pretty high BS filter. Um, and, and that was probably, rather than the knowledge they imparted in my class, uh, was probably the most beneficial thing that, that Randall Howard uh, uh, could do for for his students was, you know, tell them that medicine changes. Uh, you're going to have to change along with it. And a whole lot of stuff we're teaching you now is probably going to be uh, proven invalid four, five, six years from now. But, but mo- still, real experience. But real yeah, experience. Yeah, but but many paramedics don't get that. Um, and and like I said, you know, I, well, I'm going to repeat my cliche because I think it's a good one and it, and it has a lot of uh, validity. There are some paramedics out there with 20 years of experience, but there are way more of them with one year of experience repeated 20 times. You know, I, I, I've I likened this to. Uh, in, in dog training, we called it this mental photo album. Um, and when a retriever does a retrieve, he has to, he kind of looks at the scene before him and flips to a mental photo album of all the retrieves he's done up to that point and tries to settle on one that matches. And it's the, it's the trainer's job to look at the dog and read his body language to see if he's on the right page and looking at the right photo. Um, now, when you're not, when you don't have an educator there giving you that feedback, and the only person you have giving you that feedback is the bitter, cynical burnout who can't keep a partner, which is why you're stuck with him in the first place in your rookie, uh, your rookie years as an EMT. You're not getting that feedback. What you're getting is a bunch of character assassination and conflict. Saying, well, you didn't, eh, all that stuff you learned in class, you don't need to know in the field. Let me show you how it's really done, kid. Uh, translation, here's how you get to be a bitter, cynical burnout just like me. Yeah, I don't know. I think and, there, But I think there is a certain amount of that. So, you know, when we sit there and we talk about the book knowledge of how to deal with a person that's in cardiac arrest. How many times have you run a cardiac arrest the way that you did it in class? I mean, so I think that there is a certain uh, amount of that. So Let me answer that. Uh 
plenty of times in recent years because I've started to make a... In recent a, years, you've been a paramedic for 25 years. Well, that's right, because early on, they, they a whole lot of uh, value was placed on experience, not necessarily in my class, but just generally and overall. But only, uh, only in the last 10, 15 years have I really focused on practicing uh, like I, or um, performing like I practice. And yeah, I'm, I'm proud to say that a great many of my resuscitations work just like I practice them in mm-hmm. class because I devote mm-hmm. time uh-huh. and attention mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. So one of the things that the paper does, I do not. One of the things that the paper also lays out, which I thought was very, very helpful, is an implementation plan. Kelly, I want to go through a couple of steps in this implementation plan, and then I want to come back to you with this question. So prepare yourself. Degrees versus pay. So let's just talk about the implementation. The associations recognize that this position represents a significant step for the profession, right? So they want the national EMS scope of practice model and the national EMS standards. They should continue to be used on the basis of EMS education. They talk about the EMS Agenda 2050 and the Health Sciences Preventions course for degree completion. They want consensus among EMS educational communities to say that we need to now move into this degree mm-hmm. plan. EMS employers and NEMSMA members, they should lead this effort by immediately adopting a degree required or degree preferred requirements for those new hires. And, you know, the, it says, let's follow the Kansas and Oregon model. So, but, you know, the, the question that always comes up, Kelly, is when we talk about degrees is who's going to pay for this degree. So I want to preference it by, by asking you this question. If we change the paradigm to say your EMS program your paramedic program is now a two-year associate's degree program. Is the expectation that you need to make more money or it's still an entry-level job that you just need these requirements to fill to get your paramedic certification and you're just going to make the money that we're going to make? I, I think that, uh, that the expectation that it's going to immediately result in higher pay is, is unrealistic. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, market forces are going to have to have time to to uh, uh, take effect. It's not going to help us if if Louisiana tomorrow said uh, all new paramedics must have degrees. Um, those new paramedics are not going to be making any higher wages uh, than the than the certificate paramedics that came before them. They're just not uh, because we drink from a finite revenue pool. Um, they acknowledge this in the paper and they say, you know, that these higher requirements and, and driving these salaries higher, these educational requirements uh, are, are going to force agencies to start have to broaden and diversify their revenue streams uh, and rely on something besides CMS as the as the lion's share of their reimbursement, uh, taxpayer dollars, private insurance and that sort of thing. But I don't think anybody can deny at this point that, that what we are doing um, has become sufficiently complex that a, that a degree uh, is not an unreasonable requirement. And I think 10 years from now, uh, the, the next uh, generation of paramedics is probably going to have higher salaries. Um, I also think that some of these agencies that prey on, uh, prey on uh, paramedics and, and uh, the, the paramedic sweatshops uh, are, are going to start to have a have to struggle to uh, to stay afloat, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, 
I know many people say that there's a paramedic shortage going on right now. Uh, I still contend that there's only a shortage of paramedics who are willing to work for chump change and and, uh, work in horrible working conditions. Right. Um, But, uh, well, I mean, but that's that, that's because that's the only that's because that's the only EMS system that they have in their community. I just want to touch on this, Kelly, before we get going, mm-hmm. is that there are additional considerations. This is only uh, pertaining the 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 paper suggests that it only pertains to new to mm-hmm. new paramedics. Yeah, it's not gonna, they, right. They said grandfather in the existing paramedics, which but, is but that doesn't mean reasonable. that doesn't mean that if you're in the workforce you shouldn't think about getting some type of no. higher education and higher learning. No, no, no. It's you know, so it talks about that uh, this is for new paramedics, but we want to be able now to help we want to be able to make sure that you in the position that you're in in your professional development, you start to think about getting some higher education, as I mm-hmm. mentioned, because are you going to be a paramedic forever? And you got to think about where you are in your career and where you want to yeah. eventually get to. But Kelly, I got to tell you, I was impressed with this paper. I think it lays out a, a, an easy plan, you know, for the first time, and maybe not the first time, but really, you know, to get all these organizations together to say, this is what the expectation should be. Mm-hmm. And they're signing their name on the bottom line. I think this is a good start and i have to tell you i think that this is what changes the paradigm and makes it happen what do you think for a final thought i uh i don't think this by itself is going to do it but we have to start somewhere and it's and and it's high time that that uh many of our advocacy agencies uh um sign their names to this and 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 at least make a stand and and i applaud names namesy and and the uh, EMS Management Association and the International Association of Flight and Critical Care Medics for for uh, putting out this joint position paper. Uh, would that the rest of uh, our our advocacy agency signed on to it uh, would be a, a really good thing. I don't think it's going to happen overnight, um, uh, but someone needs to start saying it uh, and and putting the weight of uh, of their their membership behind it. Uh, and, and this is this is a, a good place to start as any. It's not going to help me, Chris. It's not going to help you, um, but it's going to help our profession and the people that come after us. And I think we need to start uh, we need to start taking the long view. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to know what you think. Is a degree requirement? Uh, should it be a prerequisite for paramedic level care? Is it going to eventually drive wages higher? How's it going to shake out in the long run? We'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Email us at the show at ems1.com. And for myself and co-host Chris Cavallaro, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>